Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fit and Free podcast with your host, me, Brittany Heaton. I am back after a slight hiatus from recording and am excited because I am sitting down to record right now and do not plan on getting up from this desk until I have an episode recorded for every week to finish out 2022. So if you are looking for some consistency in my podcast, so am I and I am going to deliver that to you for the rest of the year. So today what we are going to be talking about is five areas to focus on improving outside of fitness for overall health improvement. Now, for me, nutrition and fitness kind of go hand in hand. They are two of the big staples when improving your overall health. And I do need to take a moment to apologize because my dog, Aries, is sitting right next to me and just decided he had a crazy itch that he had to get and I wanted to draw that to your attention and apologize. It is also raining here so if you hear any outside noises I'm trying to keep it as clear as I can today but there is only so much I can do so please excuse me if you hear any background noise today. Now jumping back into those five areas to focus on for improving your overall health. Like I said Strength training, working out consistently, and nutrition, to me, are all kind of the obvious things that you need to do to improve your health and longevity of that health. So I'm not going to dive into those today. What I do want to do is take a further look into the kind of normal scope of fitness and nutrition, the outside stuff of that, that we need to be focusing on to overall improve our health and wellness. Now, None of these are necessarily groundbreaking things. They're actually super normal, and I think it's pretty natural to venture into these different areas the longer you have been in not even just weightlifting, but any kind of exercise in general. So this is going to be a quick episode, I hope, but I just want to give you some resources and things that you can focus on outside of your time in the gym to help improve your overall health. Number one is having a solid sleep routine. And if I'm being completely transparent, this is number one on my list because yes, it is one of the most important things we need to have to improve our overall health, but it's also the number one thing that I personally, if I'm being honest, need to improve on. So I made sure to put this on the top of my list because it is number one for me to focus on moving forward. I am an Enneagram 7. I love spontaneity. I You know, I'm not somebody that always sticks with a routine, even though I know that I have overall better better production and better productivity when I do have a routine. So even though it's not something that comes natural to me, it is something that I know the importance of and know that there is a need for it. Now, in regards to a sleep routine, this doesn't necessarily have to be anything super fancy or super detailed. It just needs to be something that gets you, yes, you personally, in the mood for sleep, something that is going to wind you down at the end of whether it be a lazy day or a long chaotic day, something that is going to get you in the same mental state to be ready to shut your eyes and get a solid eight or so hours of sleep. An example that I like to use that is something that I think helps me for a nighttime routine is washing my face, doing my skincare routine, 
to having some tea, getting ready to go into bed for me is kind of that nighttime routine as far as face care and having a tea. It's something that just helps me relax. This doesn't have to be that for you. And there's no scientific proof that necessarily shows having a face routine or drinking tea before you go to bed is the answer to helping you have a better sleep routine. It's just what personally helps me and something that I try to put into every single day to help me achieve those sleep goals. Another example of something that can work for this is doing some static stretching before bed. Reading a book can do this before bed. Dimming the lights down can do this for you. It doesn't really matter what it is. It just matters what works best for you and that you are doing that. So like I said, I'm a more spontaneous person. Even as a spontaneous person, my body, all of our bodies, they love routine. It can't be denied. It is a scientific fact. So attempting to go to bed with the same half hour window, um, within the same half hour window that you start this routine is ideal. And along with that is also stopping TV time, stopping to look at, stopping the time that you're looking at your phone and just getting that mind ready and focused so you are able to achieve a good night's sleep. So number one is your sleep routine. Number two is breathing. This is something I've started doing recently a lot more a lot more mind focused, I guess, on recently. Now, I've always focused on breathing in terms of lifting and working out because it directly affects how good that workout is or how much we're getting out of that workout or that specific move that we're doing. But breathing in other times, whether it's a moment where you're starting to feel more stressed or you're starting to feel like things are really out of your control, breathing is one thing that you can always control. So even if everything around you just feels like you can't get a grip on it, you can't figure it out, you can't get things under control, your breathing typically is always something that you do have control over. So whether you are just focusing on a few deep breaths at a time, and that when I say that, I mean like three to five deep breaths, just really focusing on it, or you set aside time to really practice your breathing for a longer time period. Um, Oftentimes doing yoga, you'll really start to implement this practice a lot more. I think that's actually where I started focusing and being a lot more mindful of my breathing is from starting to practice yoga so much more. So shout out to True Fusion for their awesome yoga classes in Dallas because they've helped me so much just be more mindful on my breathing. But it is something that really is going to help in regards to your nervous system. It can just be a very powerful tool in controlling all areas of your body. It's like I said, usually used as a meditative state to bring your body into a parasympathetic state. And we have different uses for it. I don't want to get into all that right now. I'm definitely not a breath coach by any means, but it is just something to take note of and be more mindful of your breathing throughout the day before you go to bed in the morning, taking a few deep breaths and just drawing attention to those areas. And then if you have the means to, there are several books that I've actually been recommended lately. One is called Breathe. I actually did download it on audiobook. Um, Have not listened to it yet, if I'm being completely transparent. But it's supposed to be one that is really, really supposed to be good on helping you be more mindful with that breathing. So I'm going to give it a try. Don't feel like you have to do that just yet. I'll do it. And whenever I complete that, I will report back. But That is number two on my list of things to focus on to help improve your overall health is your breathing. Number three 
is definitely a very important one to focus on. Even though it is number three, it is still up there as important as one and two. <coughs> Excuse me, I had a little itch in my throat. But number three is your TDEE or your total daily energy expenditure. Now, we are all aware that 2020 was just a crappy year for us all. But if one thing that the pandemic was amazing for, it really popularized the import popularized the importance of daily walks. And daily walks directly impact and improve your total TDEE. So it doesn't only have to be walking. This is just the easiest example that we all have access to. But these daily walks, these intentional moments where we are trying to increase our calories burned, even though it's at a lower intensity, what it is doing is it's helping you to increase blood flow. It's increasing your, <coughs> excuse me, it's increasing your total calorie expenditure. It's good for you mentally to get out and move. And the point of this is that it doesn't have to be anything crazy. And I actually would argue that going on one walk a day or, you know, multiple little walks a day is actually much better for you than sitting at a desk all day, every day, and then only getting into gym into the gym for one hour to fully move your body and lift weights. So moving your body more frequently throughout the day is of course going to help with your blood flow. It's just going to increase your body movement, which is just going to help with your overall posture and bone density and everything as we go through our lives. It's going to help that your hips and back aren't getting so tight from sitting all day, just having those little bouts of movement throughout the day. So number three is going to be your total daily energy expenditure. Like I said, this does not have to be just solely walks, but it is the easiest thing that we all have access access to. So, if you're not if you're not already, maybe this season coming up is the time that you really focus on the importance of including a daily walk into your everyday routine. If you're somewhere starting from just zero, you're not walking at all. Start with just ten minutes one time a day, whether that be in the morning on your lunch break or in the evenings after dinner. And if you can, try to increase that, whether it's you're going on one longer walk a day and hitting more to 25, 30 minute time zone, or you're going on two to three 10 minute walks. There is no necessarily right or wrong way. I would say that moving more frequently is the way to go. So if you can break that up, amazing. If not, try to get in at one point during the day. Everything is going to be amazing that you are increasing that that walk, your total daily energy expenditure, and you are going to be directly improving your overall health. So total daily energy expenditure is number three on that list. Number four on my list is mobility. Now, for a lot of people, mobility might be something that they feel they're already doing in their daily workouts and whatever routine that they have. And that might be true. I don't know what you do. I have done several workouts where mobility is a direct focus in that workout. My strength in, well, my strength training workouts right now, I have really started to focus on adding mobility in there. Typically, this is at the beginning of my workouts because we can all use improvement. My tight area that I have on my body that I struggle with is my hips. And I would be willing to bet that the majority of you listening as well 
probably have tight hips too, even if you don't realize it. So what mobility training does is it helps you to loosen up those areas, helps you to have more flexion through your more flexion and more mobility, of course, through those joints and is going to help for your posture and your form during your lifts, which in form, uh, which in turn is going to help you decrease any chance you have of getting an injury. So if you are not in a season yet, you have not started to venture into the world of mobility, I highly recommend you start to doing it. Um, there is a definite benefit to static stretching from a relaxation standpoint. That is why I suggested that earlier whenever we talked about doing our sleep routines. But for long-lasting results from active mobility and really working on your range of motion and movement is going to help overall decrease your risk of any injuries in the gym and just help you feel better and stronger throughout the rest of your life, really. So really try to prioritize that. I would recommend you try to start doing it about 20 minutes a day. It can be, like I said, right before your workout, right after your workout, or whenever you just have the time. It doesn't have to be a long, super stressful, you know, workout or time focused on that to start with. Just do what you're able to do. The more that I think about longevity and moving for life, mobility is 100% the top tier that we should be doing. Your joints should be able to move through the end ranges without any pain or popping or discomfort. And if you can build on that, build strength on top of that, you are going to really, really increase your longevity of life and just your overall, not only just overall health and wellness, just about how you feel. You're going to feel better as we grow into those older ages, which is just, you know, we can't avoid that. We have to do it. So we might as well feel good as we go into that, you know, next phase of our life. So if you haven't yet, start getting curious about mobility, start focusing on that. Lots of great Instagram coaches that that is their main focus. I'll try to link some in the caption for you to go check out. But number four on there is mobility. And the last one here, and I'm kind of, I'm going to mention two things, even though I'm really only focusing on one in my life right now. Um, but I did want to mention the second one. So just without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and say that number five on increasing your overall health is sauna and cold exposure. So I did not do a whole lot of extensive research for this podcast. I'm just kind of talking about, you know, how I feel about these things and things that have helped me. And I'm going to start with the sauna. So the benefits of the sauna are pretty clear cut. They're backed by science. They're out there. Even people that don't regularly use a sauna know that there are benefits to it. Shout out to Glow Sauna Studios in Dallas, Texas, because that is where I've been going to for the past couple months. And they are one of my favorite sauna studios that I've ever been to. Check it out if you're in the Dallas area. But there is an endless amount of benefits. So for me, I love the mental aspect of it because I actually truly shut down during the 45 minutes that I go there. I kind of shut down. I might put on a little meditation podcast to relax. I might listen to an educational podcast. And sometimes I straight up just put on some trash TV because they've got TVs in there and I just want to relax and sweat it out for 45 minutes. So there is no right or wrong way. It's just whatever you're feeling at the time. But it can also, of course, increase your sweating. And sweating is, of 
course, one of the ways that we detoxify, you know, it gets rid of all the bad stuff that is in our body. So having that time to sweat is going to really help release those toxins from your body. If I was you, I would say to start with maybe once a week for 20 to 30 minutes or so, do whatever feels comfortable, don't overdo it, and then try to increase on that. But definitely do not start it and think I'm going to go every day. It does need to be a buildup because the sauna can be an extreme thing, especially if you are new to it and not knowing what to expect. Also note, whenever you are doing the sauna, make sure you're drinking plenty of water throughout the day. And I also like to take a water with me in there so I can sip on it as needed. Now, the second thing that I'm going to talk about, which personally I am not as experienced in, I want to put that out there. However, I know that there are results to it because the few times in my life, the few short seasons that I have done cold exposure, the benefits of it have been undeniable. They are absolutely there. Now, with cold exposure, you can see there's these cold plunge pools that you can have. They look super cool. They seem legit. Okay, great. You can also go stand in your shower and turn it on super cold for, you know, anywhere from one to five minutes. For this, it does promote an immune support. And it is also a chance for you to just do a challenging thing, which anytime you have the chance to do something challenging and you're able to do it, I think that the rest of the day, you're able to feel accomplished. And that kind of goes into other areas of your life as well. So I think it's like I said, it's just a good time to do something challenging. I would say just focus on one to five minutes. If you are going to do it, try maybe doing it first thing in the morning. And this is also a good opportunity to practice that breath work like we talked about was our number one thing to focus on. This is going to help you build a better mental focus just to go into the day. And these just all sound like amazing things that would help in any area of life. So I know that there's a lot of recovery tactics and whatnot out there. And I'm not necessarily saying both of these are amazing recovery tactics. I actually know that doing a cold plunge or an ice bath has been not necessarily proven, I want to say, but I have seen talks about it that it can actually slow down your body's ability to recover. So not at all trying to say that this is a recovery. It's just other areas that are going to help you focus on in your life that will help improve your overall health. So without farther ado, I am going to leave you with those five things. If if you try any of these and they help you, please let me know. You can find me over on Instagram at Brittany.Renee, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-Y-Y dot R-E-N-E. Always interested in hearing what works for you, maybe what didn't, and maybe use that to learn myself. So feel free to share with that if you give any of these try. And also, if you have a moment right now and you can, please go give this podcast a five-star review wherever you are listening to it at. It would mean so much to me. I do not do paid ads on this podcast and I do not want to. And for me to continue to be able to do that for free, I need to have some support and get this podcast out there. And that is what really helps me. So if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. And I hope you all have a great day and a great week. And we will see you next time on the Fit and Free podcast.